We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Thornton. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. Coming to you live Sunday, November 5th for our weekly Sunday episode. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. I've got the starting five with me. I got J.D. Silva. Fellas, I don't know what time it is or what day it is. Daylight savings is a strange phenomena. We're in the twilight zone. I got Taylor Peterson. It is, uh, especially when you have a toddler, as Justin can can uh, confirm. It, it is it is way less fun. We've got Justin Peabody. Hello, everybody. I have three and, kids, Taylor. Take that up a notch. <laughs> and like we have... Problem, <laughs> fresh from Stillwater, America, one Nicholas Crane. I knew you'd call on me last, so I had to bring something that's first. Hey. Oh, hey. Well done. Nick with the Rangers bobblehead. Let's go. Well Congratulations. World Nick. champion, Texas Thank Rangers. You. Beautiful. Good week of sports for Nick. Until well, today at 325. As I said, Cowboys correct. Lost, I thought. Correct. But the scheduled kick in the balls for Nick. First, first time ever that a rival has beat the Cowboys, and I did not care. I'm still riding the high. <laughs> I cannot escape Jay De Silva. Jay De Silva is the funniest. Uh, that's that's one of the best gone. things that's happened to the podcast, I think. <laughs> we are brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We have a full week of basketball coming up for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Tons and tons of stuff to talk about. But we got to start off with a little YouTube special. Because the listeners do not get the on the podcast, don't get the visual. So you need to make your way over to YouTube if you haven't already. Um, I need to get this pulled up really quick because I want to make sure that I, I get the phrasing uh, correctly here. Um, the Miami Heat have debuted their new culture court, which in the middle of the, uh, the all-black lane in red text 
the Miami Heat have hardest working, best conditioned, most professional, unselfish, toughest, meanest, nastiest team in the NBA. Guys, I don't know about you, but I think it's kind of corny. You know what the best part about it is? I saw this uh, this afternoon on Twitter. That quote is a quote from Pat Riley about the 90s Knicks teams that he coached. That's oh incredible. Oh my gosh, I missed like, that. Okay, I get it. Like he probably, if anyone has ownership of that quote, it's probably him. But that is hilarious. That makes it so much funnier to me. <laughs> well, that that's incredible. Um, I just think it's super cringy. Like, it's almost as cringy as the uniforms they're gonna wear on said court that say heat culture Horrible. on them. It's bad. Yeah, right. double down. On How many cringe. words can we fit in the paint? Is well, exactly what well, happens. We we took have. on that challenge. Uh, breaking here on the uncontested <laughs> podcast. We have the Thunder's new addition court with the lane. <laughs> it includes every draft pick the Thunder have for the next seven years. I think it looks beautiful, Justin. Gorgeous. And I would like to disclaimer this is not real. <laughs> Just in case. Before anybody don't, tries to run the lie to the listeners. It should it should be. Be. <laughs> However, it should be. That's right. It should be. Shea Gilgis Alexander pulls up from 2027 OKC first. <laughs> it's good. That's the equivalent of half court. <laughs> I did have to extend. I had to Photoshop this photo out quite a bit in order to fit all these picks in the lane. That's that's not a basketball lane. That's an airport <laughs> runway. Uh, that's amazing. <laughs> Very good work, Justin. Oh, thank uh, you. Thank yes, you. we we will definitely tweet that out um, because it is uh, it's just quality product that you are used to over here at mm. the mm-hmm. Uncontested Podcast. To start us off tonight, um, earlier today, I was busy. I was doing some stuff. I I had some games to play, some yards to mow, some weights to lift. And Jay De Silva <laughs> hits me up <laughs> and just starts dropping these philosophical basketball questions on me. Typically, Silva texts me. He's like, hey, who do they play tomorrow? Or... <laughs> Hey, how many points does Chet average? Things that are easily Googleable. <laughs> and today, Silva hits me up. And uh, Silva, why don't you just go go ahead and drop the question that you had for me here on the pod so we can discuss. Well, yeah. So, as I said, uh, when I after I said fellas, it's been a strange day. Uh, it was just an extra hour <laughs> hanging around today. I didn't know what to do with it. Uh, girlfriend was gone. I just hanging out at the library doing some work. I was just Vikings here. Won the Vikings win. It's insane. What is today? So <laughs> middle of the day, I was like, I don't know what to do, and I just got, I just started looking up Thunder stats. And you, one you that, know the the meme of the guy like sitting with his chin on his fist and he's pondering, but he's sitting on his brain that runs down the back of his head and turns into a chair. That was Silva earlier today. <laughs> it was. So I just you know saw what they were ranked in a various number of stats, and I saw right away they're twenty eighth in field goal attempts per game. I was like, why? What, what? For what reason? What does that look like? Why is the perp- why is that happening? So I started to compare um, their field goal attempts in each of the six games. They've only there's only been one of the six games where they've attempted more shots than their opponent. So, for example, against which the game Bulls, was that? That was the Nuggets, which they lost. There's 90, wow, goal, wow. 90 field goal attempts to 88. So just a quick rundown. Versus the Bulls, they shot 82 times. The Bulls shot 94 times. Cavs 87 to 92. Nuggets 90 to 88. Okay. P- 
Pistons, 83 to 91. Really weird. Pelicans is the biggest outlier. Thunder shot 88 times. Pelicans shot 102 times. And the Warriors, 83 to 92. So Jacob said, well, what's their pace? Because surely that'll match up. It doesn't. They're sixth in pace and eighth in total possessions at 615 per game. So their pace is fast, but they're still not averaging. Like, it's not paying off. And I think, as we've all kind of noticed, the rebounding is really rough, and it has been rough. They're dead last in offensive rebounds. They're only averaging 6.2 per game. One spot up for them at 29th in the league, 8.5 per game. Um, oh, wow. It's tough. They're, so Jacob brought up second chance points. Yeah, they're 25th in second chance points. They only get 11 per game. And they're 27th in opponent second chance points. And they get 17.2 per game. So I was just looking at the why. This, is, this was my galaxy brain, 2 o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday. Um, little adventure I went on. Why, this is actually fantastic, though. Like, I'm really impressed. Yeah, like, why are they 28th in field goal attempts? That feels weird. Especially and, you when know, pace is so high. One thing high. I just thought of when you said this, Silva, now that I'm, I'm thinking of it, the pace is high. What's the, what's the turnover rate? Are they like really high in the league in turnovers? Uh, I know I there were some games where they were getting like 16, 17 turnovers a game, but I don't know what the rest of the league has been doing. Maybe it's they're getting a lot of possessions, but they're turning the ball over on those possessions. Yeah, that's 11. Their turnover percentage, according to basketball reference, is 11.8%, which is 26th. That's 26th worst, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. E. Yeah. So it's the offensive rebounds, it's the defensive rebounds, and it's the turnover percentage. That kind of adds up to, if you think back to Friday night against the Golden State Warriors, I think Dub and Giddy combined for 12 turnovers just between the two of them. Yeah. I think that's correct. It's been weird. And it's weird they keep taking way less. Not, maybe not way less, but even in games that they are they're winning, they're taking less shots than their opponent by a significant margin. And I think that still adds up for me because if you're pushing the ball in transition and you're playing at a high pace as the Thunder are, but you're not able to rebound like you uh, you drilled there, Silva. <laughs> I just saw your name and I'm laughing now. I, I just not noticed that. Sorry. Uh, it, it makes sense that you're going to be taking less attempts than your opponent. So I can see that. I, I think when the Thunder are shooting more efficiently, though, uh, especially from outside, even when they're pushing the pace in transition and maybe they have less shot attempts than their opponent, but when they're hitting those shots at a high clip, that's when we're seeing them win these games. And when they're not, <laughs> again, that, that kind of seems like no crap. But uh, when they're not, that's when they're losing these games because they aren't getting those second-chance opportunities. I think with the rebounding, we all thought Chet would just be like an instant boost in that category. And like... He's been good, but I, I look at a guy like Josh Giddy, whose rebounding numbers are down. Uh, er, again, early small sample size like this can change, but I think so far we're, he was such a good rebounder last year, uh, especially for a guard that I think if they're if they're going to continue to play these lineups where he is almost flexing into that like small ball big kind of space, he's gotta he's got to be able to bring in more rebounds than he has been. I think it's a function of being a small ball team. Like there's an advantage to everybody handling the ball and playing on the perimeter. But at the same time, your seven footer that should be rebounding a bunch is also on the perimeter on both right. ends of the floor a lot. Right. So it's just like, it's a function of the way you play. I think you have to figure out how to obviously adjust to that and still get boards. Like I wonder 
if you look back at the Warriors during their dynasty, not that it's ended, like were they ever a great rebounding team? Like what did they do to get over the fact that they never really played a traditional center that was in the paint all the time? They just stopped missing baskets. <laughs> mostly. That's that was actually, that was how yeah. those, um, like the 2016 OKC team, like prided themselves on offensive rebounds. Like with yeah. Oh, yeah, the, and the Adams, Adams Cantor yeah. lineup. Shoots, eight that was like their thing. Rebounds. Um, Nick, I definitely yeah. think, you know, the, the style of play and the personnel plays a role, but it wasn't this bad last year. And last year they had a more traditional big slash rebounder like Jay Will. I actually think the stats show that Chet is actually like a better offensive rebounding percentage and defensive rebounding percentage than Jay Will was last year. I think it kind of falls on some of these other guys. Justin, you had mentioned Josh Giddy. Yep. Last year, Josh averaged 7.9 rebounds a game. So far this year, 5.8. Yep. E. Do you think it's like a, they're with, we've talked about them adjusting to the offense, adjusting to Chet entering the offense. Do you think it's also like a, a rebounding thing where they're like, oh, Chet will get that one? And they don't go for it as hard? I'm, like, sure, is that's that's part of it. I, I, I'm sure that's not a non factor. Again, that's why I, I caveated with like small sample size, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who knows mm-hmm. what happens over the next. Uh, 75 some odd games for Josh Giddy, his averages could come right back to where they were last season, and this becomes a moot point. But I think there is some of that. It's everybody we've talked a lot about Giddy kind of adjusting to a different role within the offense compared to what he's had last season. I think the same goes on the defensive side of the ball as well. Yeah, I think Jacob, I hear where you're coming from on like Chet versus J. Will on the rebound rate, but like a rate is rebounds out of how many are available mm-hmm. we've seen like there's not there's not many available on the team so it's, i think it's a little bit skewed like i think i think jay will was more effective in terms of like getting the team rebounds when they needed them while he was on the perimeter a lot he was definitely in the paint a lot more i i, I just i don't know I, I think it'll correct itself too like I, I have zero concern about this it's what six games into the season still the second youngest team in the league like It'll be all right. The only game that really concerned me in was the New Orleans game. That New Orleans game reminded me of those old Memphis playoff series yeah. where Mark Gasol and Zach Randolph just ate glass and they would end up with 15 or 20 more shots than the Thunder every night. Yep. And that's just because my dad was at that game and um, my dad and I went to the game Friday night and he told me, he was like, I've never seen somebody like jump and then jump a second time faster than Zion Williams does, <laughs> which is crazy because that's a lot of weight moving right. up and down. He's like, I've never seen somebody get off the ground a second time as fast as Zion does. Huh. He comes back down to earth pretty quick. <laughs> um, I, I think it's, it's an interesting point. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but Friday night, I felt like there were a lot of, times where the thunder would get a defensive rebound but then lose it and yeah. it's like they yeah. didn't secure the rebound or two guys would go to get it and they wouldn't like call it out and then it would end up inevitably in a warrior's hand yeah that's the annoying thing is the warriors aren't even like a huge team right like they're not they're yeah, not now, now that, looney looney yes, hits the, hits the boards like crazy but i'm with you i also don't I, know if you guys noticed this i think i sent it in slack but the leg, the right leg of Clay Thompson, that was nuts. The muscle mass difference between his left leg to his right leg, especially in the calf, is insane. You sent it's that like picture, 70%. Jacob. 
That was, that was wild. wild. It really is bad. That's the leg that he tore the Achilles yeah. and the ACL on. And you There's can just tell that it no is definition. so much smaller. Yeah. Which is worrisome. Like, that's like eight years later. Like, it's more probable to another injury. I also want balance. you guys to know that sitting courtside, I was standing there and I looked at uh, at Clay and I was like, damn, I'm as tall as Clay. <laughs> this is awesome. And then I realized I was standing on a platform that's like three inches tall. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no. Brought back down to earth. Uh, Silva, any more thoughts uh, from the Galaxy Brains? Uh, extra hour on Sunday? No, no. I, honestly, it was. It's pretty. It's pretty dang obvious to see what's going wrong with the Thunder right now. It's like the, you have to rebound better. You have to. They're playing small. Chet is here, and you, you know you're not playing as small, but you have to have to figure it out. And it's only been six games, and I think. I think we all believe they're going to figure it out in some way. They figured it out last year with a smaller lineup in general. So I'm not not too concerned unless unless this is still happening like 25 games in, yeah. then that'd yeah. be an issue. I wonder I am, if there is something. I Was it Silva that said like, do some of the guys think, oh, Chet's got it and like start running mm-hmm. down the court? Last year, they played tons of minutes with Kenrich at the five. Yeah. And they didn't struggle on the glass then. So right. I wonder if that's maybe part of it. They um, did struggle on the glass then, to be do fair. What? They did struggle on the glass last year. They were not a good rebounding team. Yeah, but they, just, they still won games. If, means, if they yeah. were if they were five and one right now, we wouldn't be talking about rebounding. That's true. True. They're they're a couple bounces away from five and one too, which is crazy. 100%. They're also also they're also true. a couple bounces away from what two and four. So, so I was going to ask you guys just really quick. Like I'm curious. We talked about the field goal attempts. We talked a lot about rebounding. How do the Thunder get those field goal attempts up? Turn the ball While over. Still less. maintaining, yeah, it's still maintaining a highly efficient. You know, uh, it's still being efficient and not just jacking up shots. I guess there's yeah, just been some not, ugly not turnovers that they just have to clean up. How many times did did Dub drive to the lane and just lose the ball on his own yep. on Friday night? True. Yep. Things like that. I think you can't play small and turn it over a bunch. Yeah. But hey, and, when the small ball gets cooking, it's fun. It's cooking. It's yeah. fun. And Nick can probably attest to this because he's been to a Thunder game this year to cover. The fluidity of Chet pops so much more when you're in person and close to him. Like, it pops so much more. That first bucket of the game against the Warriors where he drove in and did that that little half turn and then, like, the turnaround jumper, like... Don't get. I've I've talked to Taylor about this. Don't get it twisted. I'm not comparing the two. But there's a there's a lot of KD to it. There is a lot of KD to it. The footwork, the fluidity, like it really pops when you're like down close. And Even the shooting person. form, the high release, like low dip. Agreed. Though low dip. Yeah, uh, I think that'll work itself out in time. But I think so. I think so. I I think the the on the fluidity front and like what surprised me most about Chet has been. Like the the touch, like most guys that are seven one don't like the move that yesterday or is it two days ago against the Warriors now, um, where he like drove in, spun, and then like a little like finger roll. He keeps doing these little finger rolls, and it's mm-hmm. like it's crazy to see. It's like oh, it's almost like a a jelly. Like he probably has the cleanest looking finger roll on anybody on the team, and he's seven foot one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's dude, no. it's. I've watched it's that. His arms are like he's, he's like. Yeah. He's like Absurd. just a foot inside the free throw line and doing a finger yeah. roll. Right. 
It like reminds you remember, me. I, I you remember when like, MJ and his arm just kept stretching out and stretching yeah. out and stretching <laughs> out in Space Jam? Yeah, it's kind of what Chet's mm-hmm. arms are. I like. was thinking like go go. Uh, go go gadget back in the day like that's what it reminds me of you're like there and your arm keeps extending like it it, it is it's really impressive i've watched that step through move so many times dude the step through is sick that's something they'll, a six two guard moves. should be doing yeah not a seven one center right he's fun i gotta ask fun. i gotta ask six games in is chet a center or is he a power forward not it's all the same but six <laughs> games in do you want to see him play next to a traditional big or more of a power forward no, I don't have enough of a sample size yet. That's not what he said. I don't care if you do. Not the question. I said six games in. What do you like? What do you see? I I like him at center. I'm I, I still kind of like the idea of getting like a really big four to play next to him. Give me a name. Say it, Jacob. Oh, you know the name, Nick. He's just not gettable now because he's playing incredible. <laughs> Correct. Scotty Barnes. Scotty Scotty Barnes. Dude, Scotty's been Jet. insane. Goodness. Yeah, Could you imagine perfection. Scotty and Chet on your front court? Or even like a Sohan or somebody like that. He's, He's playing fun, them with the four. It, yeah. Scotty's uh, been awesome. But I, I would agree. I think Chet is a, a five. I, I like the way they're playing. They just have obviously have some, some kinks to work through. You know what's going to be interesting? And I, I, I had this for later, but I'll bring it up now since Nick asked it. Nick, is there any chance that Wednesday night against the Cleveland Cavaliers with the Mobley and now Jared Allen back front court, that we see more of that. We haven't seen it yet. The Chet J Will front line, because I we can all agree. Like Chet outplayed the hell out of Evan Mobley, yeah, in that Cavs game. I don't know what he looks like against Jared Allen, but I'd love to see Chet against Mobley again. Yeah, and if it's J yep. Will in there against Jared Allen, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I think we'll definitely see it. Um, back to your. Scotty Barnes comment. I think the perfect big to play next to Chet, who's also probably not gettable, is Nas Reed. Oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah. a great one. Like that would be the perfect, be awesome. perfect pairing. Agreed. You kind of yeah. see that a little bit. Let's not tease the fans. They're not making any trades this year. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Until we do our trade deadline episode and Jacob's yeah. throwing out every name in the book. <laughs> so Sorry, Josh me, like... Giddy and seven first for Scotty Barnes. <laughs> I mean, I, I hate calling somebody a, a poor man's version of another, another player, but like Sar kind of gives me some poor man's Nasri vibes, uh, the way he's able to stretch the floor, play make just a little bit. But again, it, what like, if Nas is just the perfect version of that? Nick, what if there's another Sar in Oklahoma City next year in the front court next Ayo. to you? Could be. That would be Very sick. Well. That'd be insane. Got to have a really damn good pick to do it, though. Hey. Uh, yeah. Shout out Houston, baby. <laughs> oh, he's he's got even That's if Houston conveys, he's though. probably gone before then. Oh well, you, right. You got the picks. You got to trade. Think up. of all the Star Wars merch we could make. Oh <laughs> my Star gosh! Wars. Let's go to our first break of the night. On the other side, we're gonna play an uncontested classic of take it or leave it. We'll be right back. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. 
Twice a week, J.J. Reddick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, JJ breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we are back. Gentlemen, there is no better way to recap and analyze these first six and look forward to the next 76. Is that quick maths? That'll do. Okay. Justin was told there would be nine. (laughs) (laughs) Then to play a game of take it or leave it. You know it, you love it. It's a simple game. I'm going to give one of you a phrase. You are going to take it, meaning you think it is real, or you're going to leave it, meaning you don't want to touch it. You don't think it's a, it's an actual thing. And then we can debate each one. I've got two for each of you. Nick, you're up first, buddy. Take it or leave it. Chet Holmgren is the second best player on the team. Today I'm leaving it. Okay, just real quick. Chet Holmgren... In six games, averaging 17 points, seven rebounds, a little over two and a half assists, a steal, and 2.3 blocks per game. He is shooting 62, 56, 87 splits. So he's really not sustainable. You speak for yourself, buddy. I just just think he's he's really damn good. And Josh Giddy struggled early, but Josh Giddy's still better. Um, J-Dub hasn't like popped a ton, but J-Dub is still better today. Chet's numbers may be better. Um, he shot the, I correct me if I'm wrong. I think he's probably shot the ball second most in the team. Is that accurate? Who? Not accurate. Chet. Chet? Um, do we have, a, is that, is that coming later? Don't you? Oh, 
Did I sorry? No, he's fourth. He's actually fourth. He's fourth in field goal attempts. Pretty and, and, yeah, it was like um, makes a lot of shots. He he needs to take more. Yeah, when you sort it by total field goal attempts a game, or to, I'm sorry, total field goal attempts for the year, uh, Chet is fourth at 56 shots in six games. Per game is the same then, I assume. Mm-hmm. Per game is nine point three per game. Yeah, well, I mean Taylor, if he's gonna shoot those splits, you want him taking forty shots a game. Right. Right. Oh, fair. I just think that uh, they're going to him often uh, early. Then we see kind of a little bit of a, a gap there until later in, into the game. They're in the fourth quarter where he's getting those shots again. I'm gonna go ahead and disagree with you, Nick. I am taking it, and I promise I actually will go through this pretty quickly. If you take out the uh, the three players who've only played one game, and Keontae Johnson, Jalen Williams, and David Bertans, Chet Holmgren has the highest offensive rating on the entire team at 114.8. The net rating is not quite as good. Uh, I think he's behind Shea, Wiggins, Joe, but then Chet comes in at fourth. David. David, David Bertans. Did I say David? <laughs> Jay De Silva's favorite player. Jay De Silva and David Bertans. <laughs> oh, no, he's been uh, awesome, man. He's been really good. He's been phenomenal. Nick, Taylor. if I asked you this question 365 days from now. Oh, it's Chet for sure. You think so? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I almost said when I gave my initial answer, ask me in February or March. It's probably Chet. Oh, okay. Oh, my. Okay. Ooh, I think I'm he's, he dude, right like, now, he's good so. as he is now. And I know, like, the shooting's going to regress. Like he's only going to get a lot better this year. I've been a lot yeah. better. He, I've been so, so is... impressed by the offense so far. Like, dude, he a lot of what he's done is be, has been where my expectations were. Like the blocks have been amazing, but like that's kind of what I expected. The offense has far yeah. surpassed what I expected. And what you got, you you hit on it earlier. It's the fluidity, yeah. it's the control, it's the footwork, it's all that stuff. He just looks so comfortable out there handling the ball it's really impressive and you know i don't want to rabbit hole this now because we've got a lot of these to go through but once again thunder centers get going early and then you stop setting up plays for them and it tapers off true screaming at the tv like keep doing it so nba university uh, i thought this was fascinating oh i like that's been really good uh on in in regards to his drives and his playmaking so uh on his drives. I think he has 33 half court drives per NBA university. He's drawn a foul on 21.2% of those. That's first in the NBA. And he's shooting 80% from the floor on those drives, which is also first in, in the insane. NBA. And then the only other thing is just like, there's so much talk about Wimby and rightfully so Wimby's been phenomenal. I mean, that, that game he had against Katie and, and the almost like golden state uh, and the Suns. I mean, yeah, it was phenomenal, I but like I was baptized. Right, yeah, but only two players in the NBA have averaged 1.5 three pointed uh, makes per game and two plus blocks per game over their first six games of their NBA career. That's what would be in Chet. It's the modern NBA. Someone in the chat asked us a little bit ago if Chet was in San Antonio instead of Wemby and had that green light. Is Chet doing some of this stuff that Wemby's doing right now? He already is. I mean, the numbers aren't that far off. Like I agree. Before, but I think people the, see Wemby with like the 40, right. 40 piece no, they, or whatever. No, they see him on Bleacher Report highlight reels and don't watch either team's game and just say Wemby's back. If you if you yeah. put their numbers side by side, even with the 38 point game that inflated him from like 16 a game to 20 a game, they're not that far off. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Jets, Jets' efficiency is way higher. Way better. Yeah. And Justin, you were talking about the, the scoring and how fluid he's looked and how easy it's looked. One thing we talked a ton about 
was it's like a free three lobs a game for Chet. Yes. We've seen like two and six games. Yes. Whenever the lobs start coming, like shut it down. All right, shut we got to move down. on. Justin, you are next. <gasps> Take it or leave it. Lou Dort has officially settled into a new and better role for this team. Take it. I'm taking it. I'm taking it and I'm taking it. Lou Dort has been excellent this season. And like credit where it's due. We have been called Lou Dort haters on this <laughs> podcast multiple times in the YouTube comments. People think we hate Lou. We have Lou in our intro. We love Lou. Lou has been awesome this season. Hey, Justin. We're, we're the founders of the Lou Tang clan. We're the, the Lou founders Tang of the clan. Lou Tang ain't clan. nothing to fuck with. All right. <laughs> Lou has done what we were all screaming for him to do last season. He's playing within himself. He's playing within a role. He's not forcing things. Like when he's shooting three threes, it's mostly in the corner. He's getting the basket and not shooting 40% at the basket. Things like that make a huge difference to have him on the floor. While he continues to do everything that you love Lou Dort for, and you've always loved Lou Dort for, which is locking people down on defense. I think if he continues this way, absolutely like Lou is exactly the guy you want on on your team and like if he accepts this role and continues to excel at it there's no reason why the thunder would not want him to be a part of this team for many many years to come just for the record Lou is scoring 14.7 points a game he is shooting nine shots a game he's 55.6 percent from the field 53 percent from three on five three-point attempts 75% 75% from the free throw line, four rebounds, about half an assist, and a little over one steal a game. And 55% of those shots are coming from three-point range, which I absolutely love. I don't have the percentages from the corner, but it feels like those are very, very high. Yep. Like to Justin's point, to Jacob's point, this is the Lou we wanted to see, uh, and I've loved every bit of it. So yeah, I, I would take this as well, Justin. And hey, that man got cooking on Friday night. Yes, what, he did. Yes. He, it was, he, he versus Steph was, was dude, the one in the corner where he caught it, hit the head fake and took the side dribble. <laughs> so good. You guys missed it because it was on the other end of the court from me, but I was down on my <laughs> knees with my hands to the air, speaking in tongues. There's <laughs> going nuts. I'm going to see if I can clip that one. Thank you. <laughs> Taylor, you are next up. Take it or leave it. The Thunder are a top 10 three-point shooting team in the league. For reference, for reference, before you choose, we want to let the people know the Thunder are currently eighth in the NBA in three-point percentage at 38.6% on 31 threes a game. 31 would put them at pretty far down, actually. Holy cannoli, where are they? They're 23rd in the league in attempts, but they are 8th in field goal or three-point percentage. Yeah, there, there's there been a couple of games like we talked about way earlier in the podcast uh, where during those wins, like when they've hit those three-point shots, they obviously win games. But uh, I am leaving this one. I do not think they're a top 10 uh, three-point shooting team in this league. As, as they currently stand when they're not playing guys like Bertans, uh, when Kaysom ball still isn't getting a lot of attempts, Isaiah Joe struggled overall uh, outside of a, of, of a couple of games. Like again, I don't have percentages or stats pulled up in front of me right now. I just, 
we, we've seen them when they lose some of these games, how poorly they shoot from three. I think they're somewhere in between like some of those hot shooting starts. Like we saw against what was it? Uh, was it the Cleveland game where they were just like scorching fire from outside uh, there compared to like them being the like six of whatever from outside when they played uh, the Denver Nuggets. So I, I would say they're, they are not a top 10 team. Hopefully they're top half of the league when we get to like the trade deadline. I think that'll be really important for this team. I've got a basketball theory question for you guys. Ooh. If they're roughly 39% today, would you rather this team be kind of what they've been to date where it's like inconsistent highs and lows, like 56% one game, 24% the next game, and it kind of bounces. I mean, there's going to be some games in the middle too. Would you rather have those super high highs and super low lows, or would you prefer they shoot 39% every game the rest of the year in theory? Every game rest of the year, it's not yeah. close. I agree. That's a really <laughs> no, good question though. Some of these games, though, where you're like, damn, they shot 65% from three and one by True. one. Like, that's a loss. Yeah. No, I know. I know. I just, I, I would prefer the consistency. Okay. Uh, quick quiz for the team. How many Thunder players are currently shooting 35% or better from three? Oh, I Each can't person this. can I'm give me one it. number. Silva, go. I can't <laughs> answer this. The I'm, number I'm, of people? Number Price of people. Right. I can't look because I'm staring at the stats right now. Okay. Taylor, <laughs> go. Give me five. Justin? Six. Nick? <laughs> I mean, if you're asking, it's got to be a high-ass number. Um, eight? The number is seven. Uh, number seven on the list is 38.2%. Who is number seven? Wait, say that percentage one more time. Wait, 38.2% from three is Holy seventh cow. best That's on seven? the team. Goodness. Who is that? Who was shooting thirty players who only played one game? It, like Jay one, Will. one of the top seven includes one guy who's played one game. Okay, but that thirty-eight percent isn't going. We'll to be... we'll just we'll throw that one out. I will tell you who that is. That would what? be Trey Mann at number four. Okay, okay, he's played yeah. one game. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Trey's played three games. Davis Bertans has played one. Um, David, he is he is, four. is he and Trey are tied. <laughs> who is seventh? David Bertans. 38.2. It felt Isaiah, like this guy was... Isaiah Joe's right below 40. I don't know if it's 38 or if it's 39 or 37, but I know he's in that ballpark. You got it, Nick. Yeah. Oh, well, hey, well Isaiah done. Joe. Uh, can we get it? Can we get a what? t-shirt made that just says David question <laughs> mark? <laughs> um, you guys can probably guess the top three in order. Mm-mm. I wish I, I wish <laughs> I hadn't. Dave, had not Joe. I think it's I'm the easy one. Chet. Case and Wallace hadn't missed in the year 2023. Yeah. Chet, Kaysen, and Lou. Kaysen one, Chet two, Lou three. Lou three? Boom. Yeah. Case and Wallace is currently surprising. 75% from three. Chet is 56. Lou is 53. Davis Bertans and Trey Mann are both 50. Stop the count. Bro, how many, Vasily, how many threes has Lou taken this year? Five. How many, five a game? Five a game. And Chet also. So he's taken like, 30 threes and hit 15 of them. Yeah. Yes, more yeah. than fifty. That'll do. I'll yeah. pull up totals real quick for you. Jesus, <laughs> all these crazy bonkers high efficiency stats that we've heard tonight on the pod, and the fact that they're not well on the opposite in the win loss column. Do you want to hear? Uh, I think Jacob, Jacob, Josh, and Shay. Yes. <laughs> uh, their averages, Jacob. Do you want me to do this? You want to wait for go, this? Go for it. Okay, so J Dub twenty nine percent 
Josh Giddy, 26%. SGA, 26%. On 2.8, 2.5, 3.8 per game. This team's obviously way better than that. Like, that's really promising. Those are going to invert. Or, somewhere in the or maybe uh, yeah. this is like, as you build this team out, Sam Presti, shooting is a must. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, agreed. I think that's still accurate. Time to move on. We're on to JD now, I believe. Is that correct? Maybe. JD, take it or leave you tell it. tell us. The 3-3 three and three record is indicative of how the season will end. The Thunder are a 500 basketball team. But, okay, so you mean they will be 41 and 41 at the end? Yeah, is this the pace? The first six games, is this a good sample of what the season looks like? A 500 basketball team? No, because I think they're going to be slightly it's better. Take it or leave it, not yes or no, my guy. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Leave it. <laughs> Thank you. Leave it. Leave True it. or false? Uh, no, I think they're going to be... For, okay, maybe for a while, while the Thunder are figuring things out, and obviously we named a lot of, at the beginning of this podcast, a lot of things that are weird and hopefully don't continue beyond like 10, 15 games. I think once that evens out, the Thunder will be what they were last year, which was uh, not as turnover prone, really good defensively. Uh, hopefully it's what we talked about as far as theorizing with this team. Chet's going to add a lot of talent, shot blocking, defense to this team. Everyone else gets better. No, I don't think they're going to be a 500 team. You think they're going to be better? Yes. I think I 42 like, and 40 count is the same as the maybe. 33. I think I I, pick, I, I, I think would I, say, I think it's like give or take a game, you know, when you extrapolate out. Yeah. So, so Sylvia, you think they're going to win more than 43, 44 games, like 45 ballpark or uh, 45 is not 44, 45. I put that on that. Okay. I think I guessed in, in, a, in a preseason podcast like 40. For... And you can't change your mind ever all year. Nope. Stuck. Not at all. <laughs> I love it. We're coming back to Nick. The next take it or leave it. SGA will average significantly less free throws this season. For reference, he is currently averaging, I think it is five a game. Five. Five a game. Last for year, reference. You asked me a vague question. What does significantly less mean? <laughs> Silva, what did I tell you when we built this? That document? was going to be was my answer that. as well. If I, got I this said one. exactly <laughs> that. So they're going to complain about the how <laughs> significant is a, as a subjective term. How okay, what was how, what was last year? And give me a number to say significantly less. Last year he took ten point nine free throw attempts a game. How about this year? He's less five. So yeah, let's say like thirty percent, thirty percent less. I do not think. That's the case. I think he will be closer to 10.9 or whatever the number was because superstars do get calls. Um, complaints will happen, whether it's like a public thing or like a behind closed doors. I feel like it kind of already started. Yeah. Yep. It's, they do. We, it saw, it, we saw it last year. Mark, Mark, like holistically. Yeah. In a post game press His conference, rant. like complained about it. And then like, Everyone, it's funny. The very next game, it was like, oh my God, so many fouls were called in Oklahoma City's yeah. favor. Yeah. Um, and then it kind of, that wasn't the reason why, but it, it did continue. You uh, see the maybe, quote maybe from him recently about, someone asked him about Shea's fouls, and he said, you know, he drives to the basket this many times a game, but only gets fouled on this percentage of them. And last year it was this percentage, yeah. and mm-hmm. that'll work itself out. Yeah, if you lead the league, league the, lead the league in drives, you will get fouls called and you will get to the free throw line. It just 
it's facts. So yeah. you're just chalking this up to small early season, small sample size. Yeah. Um, and you think it evens out. Yeah. Any dissenting thoughts? Nope. I agree with it. Agreed. Taylor no agrees. Taylor agreeing with somebody? Wow. I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, take it or leave it. Kaysen Wallace will have the most minutes off the bench this season. For reference, he is currently sixth on the team at 22.7. So he, he's currently leading this. It, it is true as of right now. Number seven uh, right after him is Isaiah Joe with two and a half minutes left uh, less. So Kaysen is clearly the sixth man right now, averaging the most minutes. Will that continue? Take it or leave it. I'm going to leave it because you can't lead minutes off the bench when you're starting. Oh, I'm joking. Uh, I'm going to take <laughs> it. Uh, I'm not ready to get that spicy about Kaysen yet, but he's been awesome. And I, he's been, dude, he's kind of been unsung. I think like looking, looking down the bench. Do I think he stays this hot the whole season? No, like that, that would be insane, but he's looked really comfortable. He seemed really, really uh, confident. Seems like he's integrated into the team really quickly. Looking down the bench, I just like can't talk myself out of it. Right, like looking at the other names down there. Isaiah Joe's maybe the closest I could get, but everybody else, it's like no, I'd rather have Case in minutes. No, I'd rather have Case in minutes. No, I'd rather have Case in minutes. If he continues to perform, that keep giving him minutes. Was this Jacob trying to, in a sneaky way, plug his preseason bet? Hey, my preseason bet looks pretty damn good. <laughs> it's feeling Justin, not great about that. I think the only other person that maybe the fans would argue with you on is a guy who hasn't got to play yet due to injury in Kenrich Williams. That's a great point. Yeah, yeah. Ken, Kenrich totally um, will probably you know reclaim his role uh, in the rotation when he comes back pretty pretty much immediately, I would imagine. Um, seeing what that looks like with the big rotation will be interesting, knowing how... Mm how many more guys there are at the guard spot. That's a, that's a really good call out of, of somebody who could probably snatch that, uh, snatch that accomplishment from, from Kaysen. Anybody else over reading into the, uh, the blue call down and then reassignment today. Like obviously it was just for the blue scrimmage. Kaysen right. didn't go. Nope. Is Kaysen already that's like, a good point. Do they know Kaysen's that guy that doesn't even need I don't, to get the I don't think... today? If you would have asked me, Nick, a month ago, I would have said Kaysen's going to play somewhere between like three to seven G League games this year. Yeah. I don't think he ever puts that jersey on, goes in that locker room, or steps foot on that court unless there's an injury and it's like a recover from injury type right. of thing. Like, even Usman for a practice day year, like this, I no, I don't think so. He, he's gained the reps. He's like, the six most minutes. He doesn't need the reps. practice. So you right. you are overanalyzing it and saying that there is a reason he didn't get called down. <laughs> the answer yes. is yes. Then okay, okay. I, I'm not overanalyzing it, but I think he doesn't need the reps currently. Maybe the, the question saying, should I'm have been overanalyzed. It means something. There's a reason he didn't get called down. It's because the reason is he's played the yeah. six most yeah. minutes of anybody <laughs> yeah, on the he's, team. Yeah. He's I don't think it's like a declaration on how good of a player is like. I think that was purely these guys need some run. They haven't gotten any on the Thunder, so we're going to go send them down to the blue and get them some run. Kaysen doesn't need run currently. 
Poku, Trey that Man, do. Usman Jang needs the development minutes, even though he's getting the minutes with the Thunder. I agree they sent with that. Poku down because they're ready to unleash him tomorrow <laughs> night, baby. I don't know about that. Hey, I will say really quickly, though, like I, there's a part of me that wants to leave this one just because I think when we get later on to the season, I don't expect the Thunder to make a trade deadline, like big blockbuster trade or even just a trade for depth. Uh, but one thing I do see happening after the trade deadline is uh, Davis Bertans, David Bertans, uh, <laughs> getting some, getting more minutes there. Uh, I mean, especially when we're talking about the three, the three point percentage. Like I, I, I could see Kaysen's minutes going down some uh, to where he's not necessarily the lead minute getter off the bench. Although I think he will have a prominent role with that second unit uh, moving forward throughout. I the, could see Bertans playing a lot of minutes after the trade deadline in another city. <laughs> in a different jersey. I mean, you got to make sure he doesn't hit that that contract uh, threshold. I almost I almost fully. wonder if they're not playing him early intentionally so that he can play a lot late. Right. And That's not what I'm hit thinking. the contract Correct. obligation for his guarantees. Correct. Just get him and also down. give Usman Jang and young guys developmental minutes. Like, yeah, I've just I thought, yeah. let I've the been, beast roam free. I've been so impressed by Casey Wallace. I thought what Mark said after the Warriors game that, you know, he was like late contesting a clay jumper early and it was like he had to recalibrate like in game. But you could see the growth happening in real time. You could watch him getting better as he went along. He's just did, will he eventually like hit a quote-unquote rookie wall and and the shot won't fall and the offensive efficiency goes away? There's a legitimate chance of that, but that's not why Mark is giving him minutes right now. And those types of things are not going away. The yep. intensity, the hustle, uh, the defensive awareness. He's he's a dog, man. He's the, awesome. The offensive awareness. Like apparently really he's good. picking Aaron Wiggins' brain in terms of like uh where he needs to be off ball when he's playing off ball and like where he needs to cut. Like that's, that's the guy amazing. to ask. I mean he's so excited. Yeah. Sorry. He's, move on he's, he's awesome, dude. <laughs> Uh, Taylor, next one. Take it or leave it. OKC will continue to play one big lineup embracing the small ball, meaning they're not going to go two bigs. Maybe a little bit, but like 80% of the season is okay. going to be the one big with like a, a J-Dub or uh, a Josh or a Kenrich at the four. And we're not going to see the two bigs line up very much this season. Take it or leave it. I appreciate that clarification because I was thinking like I, I don't think they're going to start like Jalen Williams next to Chet, for example. But uh, I am taking this. And again, I, I do listen to a lot of national podcasts, even though a lot of people find them annoying. Uh, there's like the ringer who are super high on the Thunder. They love the Thunder, but they they want them to trade for like a, a uh, Rob Williams. Williams. Yeah, Rob Williams. Thank you. So <laughs> <laughs> like to pair it alongside Chet and just no, that's that's not and they, they bring up the rebounding stats. And like I I totally get that. We've already talked about that here in the podcast. That's again five game sample size, six game sample size. Let's reevaluate this at 20 games. And then even then, like I think they're going to go the majority of this season, uh playing that that single big, if you want to call Chet a big lineup, um, because they think the advantages outweigh the disadvantages. So you may get out rebounded. But if you're hitting those outside shots, like we've been talking about, and you have floor spacing, or if Chet's, you know, getting mismatches, they think those outweigh the the cons of of not playing a true big within a lineup, uh, playing positionless. So I'm going to go ahead and take this one. I think they're going to continue to play positionless basketball all the way through, even the playoffs if they make it. 
I like it. JD, you get the last one, buddy. Okay. Take it or leave it. The current worries about Gideon J-Dub still exist after 20 games. When I say current worries, um, Josh Giddy shooting 41% from the field, 25% from three. Um, rebounds are down. Assists are down. He's averaging three turnovers a game. Uh, J-Dub, 50% from the field, but only 29% from three. Uh, five rebounds, five assists, which is really nice, but also 2.5 turnovers a game. Both guys just look a little uncomfortable right now. I'm definitely going to leave this. I'm not overreacting to to their bad stats through six games. I think with Chet being integrated into the offense, um, I think they might be the two that have been most affected by it because his presence is like, you have to, he is so noticeable and so involved immediately. And it feels like it's been easy for Chet to just integrate immediately. And they are kind of having to find their place among Chet and SGA and a hot shooting Lou Dort and so on and so forth. And a Kaysen who can't miss a shot. They're just trying to find their way through the offense and like when they should turn it on and turn it off. And like Giddy, we saw in, even in this most recent game, Giddy went nuts in the fourth quarter uh, against the Warriors. That the, was that the Warriors game? Do you yep. remember that correctly? Yeah. Uh, went nuts. And like that was a great sign. Uh, J-Dub has been good despite the uh bad three-point shooting and things like that i think they're gonna find their way it took josh a while last season and he very quickly like we asked the sga giddy thing one time and then he like buried it like the next over the next week or two um i think they're gonna figure it out they're both very smart players both very talented players not worried one thing i found go ahead justin i was gonna say you said what i was going to about giddy he had a bit of a slow start last season, too. Like the first 15 or so games, you had people questioning the Josh Giddy experiment on the Thunder. And I think that that died away pretty quick. You're starting to see some of that again. Uh, some go go stroll through some of the YouTube comments we get on our shows. Yeah. People are talking about that Australian kid. Wanna jettison him out. And uh I, I think it's I think it's very short sighted. Mm-hmm. I know Josh wants to get to the free throw line more this year hasn't really come to fruition yet. I feel like he drives strong and he finishes soft still. But one thing I noticed that I, I wonder if you guys have picked up on this as well. He got it twice in the fourth quarter in the Golden State game on back-to-back possessions, actually. And I think it's something that a lot of them are kind of working on is this low gather on their drives where Giddy typically when he drives, he picks the ball up high and then tries to float it. Those two fouls in the Golden State game, he's like gathering his dribble like at knee height and then bringing the ball up and ripping it through defenders' arms to get that that whistle. I feel like that's something that they've worked on a little bit Mm -hmm. uh, in order to draw fouls. I think J-Dub mentioned it on the old man in the three pod as well, working on gathering low and then ripping up through to get those whistles. I'm interested to see how that kind of plays out as we move forward, if that's a, a strategy they those guys continue to go with. Cause I think that is a way Josh, especially when he gets matched up against smaller guards that he can do that. Right. Cause smaller guards, whenever you can overpower them, their best bet is to get low and get scrappy and try to like knock the ball loose. Well, if Josh can do that rip through move coming from low to high, uh, I'll be interested to see how, how that kind of unfolds as we move forward. 
I was thinking of that comment that J-Dub made on the Old Man 3. Like, if you have that length, uh, that arm length, that wingspan, and you have the strength that each of uh, Dub and Giddy do, that's how you're able to draw those fouls with that gather step and utilizing that length and strength. So I think you're spot on there, Jacob. Something to really keep an eye on. I I don't know. 20 games, I understand that's uh, the sample size we keep talking about because that's something that Dagon's mentioned a lot. Uh, over the past couple of seasons being like a true sample size to be able to evaluate. But even like throughout the, uh, something I'm just keeping an eye on throughout the majority of the season, the pecking order of this team, like you guys mentioned with Chet coming back into the lineup offensively, uh, particularly, I am really interested to watch Giddy. Uh, I, I'm not so much worried about Dub to Justin's point. Giddy's the one I'm really keeping an eye on. That's why I'm a little hesitant on this one to, to just leave it. Um, I think there's going to be some growing pains throughout the majority of the season, even if the Thunder are really good and find themselves like in the playoffs and not the play-in, for example. Like it could be similar to the KD Russell Westbrook era, where it's like, you know, there's all the national talk about the KD versus Russ. I don't know. I could just see a little bit a little bit of that still existing with Giddy and how he fits yeah. within this flow of the offense. So that's yeah. something I'm I'm just keeping an eye on. A little uh, peek behind the curtain whenever I was going through the outline with Jacob, we were trying to come up with, you know, points for this segment. And one of the ones I thought of was like, is the conversation we used to have with SGA and Josh going to shift to Josh and J-Dub? Is that going to be the next iteration of that that Thunder fans are talking about? Like, I don't know if they're both going to, if they're going to work out. SGA and Chad are doing great. What's wrong with these guys? But it doesn't feel like it's time for that to me. Totally agree. Let's take a break. On the other side, we'll take a quick trip around the association Oh, actually, before we take the break, Nick bailed on us. We'll get him in a second. Before we take the break, <laughs> our closing thunder thoughts. We got to hit our predictions. Ooh. Now, we've done predictions the first two weeks. I'm going to chalk that up to like practice time. Mm. Let the team settle in a little bit. Now, we're keeping track of our predictions. We don't know what is going to happen with these. We want the chat and the listeners to help us with this. I was thinking something like, however many games you get wrong over the entire season, uh, you chip in that much money and we make a big donation to like a, a, a good charity. Uh, maybe I, I don't want it to be like a bet payoff, but it could be. So my co-hosts have any idea, if anyone in the chat has any idea on what the winner or the losers at the end of the season, what happens to them, uh, let us know. We're going to workshop this. Here's the way our picks are going to work. Question first. Yes. You said we're chalking up the first six as practice. Yes. Is that because so, you, like, have, you have the worst record to this point? No, <laughs> actually, we're all tied. <laughs> okay, okay. We're all tied. Nick, you actually uh, oh, okay. caught That's up good. with us this week um, with your one and two guess. Pessimism well, then- pays off, huh? That's right. That's what I, that's what I always say, baby. Can we go ahead and, and just just so we get the full eighty two? Let's go ahead and include those then, since we're all. Equal. But we did, so we're doing now individual games and not just weekly records. Oh, okay, gotcha. So, gotcha. Okay, so uh, I will write these down as we go. Game number one this week is against the Atlanta Hawks. This will happen um, Monday, so probably when most people are listening to this podcast. Hawks are off to a strong snart, start under Quinn Snyder. They're the second best points per game in the NBA. They're four and two currently. JD, Hawks, win or lose for the Thunder. Do the Thunder beat the Hawks? Yes or no? So this 
this new rule you've implemented really makes me think about this more in a way that makes me slightly uncomfortable as a fan of this <laughs> basketball team. Agreed. I'm gonna. I'm. Oh God. Win. They're gonna win. JD has a win. Taylor. I got the win. Also, I think I, I think Shea will be back tomorrow night. Um, I'm taking the W. Love it, Justin. Loss. No. <laughs> Nick. <laughs> to win. Oh, I am also putting a win on the wow. sheet for Monday, Wednesday Nick night. Betting against his Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> Wednesday night, our first rematch of the season. Cleveland comes to town. They are, uh, I think, three and four now after they beat the Dubs today. Uh, lots of injury problems to start the season for them, though. Uh, lots and lots of guys have been out. As we mentioned earlier, Jared Allen just made his return. I don't know if Darius Garland is back in the lineup now. Maybe he is. Uh, game number one, though, Chet completely outplayed Evan Mobley. Donovan Mitchell went for 40-plus. How does Jared Allen change the trajectory of this game? It's going to be interesting. JD, what do you got? I'm going to be at that one, so it's going to be a loss. <laughs> Taylor. <laughs> I'm going with another win. I'm sticking to I, I I've thought a lot about this one particularly, um, but I think the Thunder will pull it off at home. Justin, give me another loss. Oh my I God, think, Justin! Uh, the Cavaliers, could the have, Oklahoma Sooners have just bled into Justin. Could have. Hey, now that there's money on the line, <laughs> I gotta rein it in. Uh, they could have and should have beat the Thunder the first go round with Jared Allen back, Garland back. I think I think the the Cavs get some revenge. Nick. That was a loss. I think the the rebounding issues will shine right there. I love Justin's comment about now that there's something on the line, I've got to like really. That's how everyone's take should be, and that's no. how and that's how I approach this. That's that, why everyone hates you. What Rick. The, what, what that is called is being real. Justin. No, that no is real. Looked, no, it's called playing it on the podcast. Nick. I, okay, if you want to make the big bucks. I say things I don't dentist. believe on every single podcast. <laughs> well, I don't. <laughs> I will go with a loss against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Friday night, the Thunder go on the road out to Sacktown, my favorite town. The Kings are two and three currently. Um, the Aaron Fox is currently day to day with an ankle injury. We'll see if he is healthy. Um, interesting matchup of two former Gonzaga bigs and Chet Holmgren versus Delmontis Sabonis. And two and Kentucky guards. Two Kentucky Fox guards. I love it. JD, what do you got for Friday? Late night tip against the Sacramento Kings. Love a late night tip. <laughs> Damn please, it. please clip that. <laughs> please don't. Okay, let's see. Oh God, I we're think gonna, we're gonna put that quote on a certain website. The late <laughs> night tip. <laughs> oh wow, this one's gonna be a win. All right, Taylor, this is where I come in with my L's. Taylor's yeah, got I a loss. This one, Justin, win, win. Okay, oh, yeah. I, I, I think you clipped there for a second. All I heard was "in," and I win. was like, "What is that?" <laughs> the Thunder, the Thunder are going to uh, introduce a bonus to the Chet Holmgren experience. I love it, Nick. What do you got? I've got a win here. Probably am biased because I just watched them get whooped by the horrific Rockets. So uh, 
not super impressed with them from that game. I'm going win here as well. I don't like this. Uh, Nick, JD, and I are identical so far. So maybe the last game <laughs> changes. Uh, Phoenix on Sunday, the Thunder go to Phoenix to play the Suns. Uh, they are injury-plagued already. Booker's been out. I don't think Bradley Beal has played a game yet. He hasn't. Uh, they are currently two and four. Is that right, or do, do they play today? They played today. They beat Detroit uh, and today. And they won. Yeah, because but Detroit kept it close, and Asar Thompson is yes. for real. Uh, so that would make them three and four currently. Um, maybe there's some, maybe this early injury bug for them is exposing some depth issues, possibly. JD, what do you got uh, in the Valley on Sunday night? I kind of think, okay, this is tough. This is tough because of the injuries. Like, I don't even know who's playing. It could just be KD. And a bunch of jabronis, or it could be. I think by next Sunday they're all healthy. I really do. <laughs> and that's Instead what of that... can't win with these cats, it's KD and the jabronis. <laughs> that's what I was just. <laughs> um, okay. JD Silva. I'm the... gonna say loss. I'm gonna say loss because maybe Devin Booker will be back. He's about to not make an All NBA team already by missing games. So you said loss. Loss. Taylor. So I had two and two on the week, which is why I'm taking the loss against Phoenix, uh, which means that the Thunder will probably lose both home games and win both the way ones. Justin, I'm going loss here as well. I want I want to be like Dark Taylor and just (laughs) do two losses at home. Sith Lord on the road, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a loss in Phoenix. Nicholas, I'll give you the headline. Brad Beal gets Phoenix the win in his season debut over OKC. Ooh. Okay. I got to break away from the JD and Nick. I, we all three can't be the same. So I'm taking one for the team. I'll go the win. There we go. We will uh, update standings next week. Maybe we'll do like a, a little fancy graph or something. Um, there, There's your headline. Look at this graph. <laughs> 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 All right, let's Still take a his break. Creed and Nickelback. <laughs> On the other side, we will hit some around the association real quick. We'll be right back. And we are back. JD, hit that sounder. I can't. My software is broken. <laughs> hit it in post production, please. <laughs> okay. I'll do that. I can't. <clears throat> I'm kidding. I won't <laughs> do it. God. Thank God, Taylor and the self-restraint. I don't even know where you're sitting at. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
<laughs> says, are the Pelicans cursed? Said an English man in the 1600s. <laughs> uh, I don't even get it, but it's so funny. Think about it. Oh, I get it. I mean, I get it. But like, is this a, re- a specific uh, reference to something? No. Okay. No, not at I'm all. more so laughing at how like Silva's brain brain works. It, yeah, it's it's saving Silva is out of pocket. Yeah. Let's talk about Memphis. What Please. a dumpster fire. Does Jaw fix a dumpster fire? That was sure my question, Justin. I'm not sure he does. Is it fixable when we get 25 games in? Where, how, where are they at in 25 games? Are they like 5 and 20? No. How does a dumpster fire fix a dumpster 20. fire, right? Like, I, I think you, they, you shoot they, it with a gun. Marcus Smart will not be this bad forever. He's no. been awful. Um, the Stephen Adams injury seems like it might be important, though. Um, it's weird because like Triple J has not been terrible. Like they they haven't been awful individually, but as a team, they kind of suck. So I I do think Jaw changes that a lot. Despite my jokes, I think Jaw changes lots. Nick, any thoughts on this? I just don't know if they're playing the right guys. Like Zaire well, Williams is, I agree with that. is a is a good prospect. He's not a guy that's ready to start in the NBA. At 22 years old, he was taken way higher than he should have in the draft because of the upside that was it was like an Usman Jang pick. Like, like if Us was starting on a team that's expected to be maybe a home court playoff team. It's hey, like John Holland told me upside. they're supposed to be number one in the West. Uh, Bismack Biombo is like playing a lot of center for them now. Ugh. They like need him. They like need yeah. yeah right. They need him. Uh, they're not playing like Jake Laravia. He's a young player, but like he can shoot the ball really well. Like put him in the game, let him shoot. Uh, John Conchar. They're not playing a whole bunch, and he's like this weirdly good glue guy that no one knows about. So you watch him torture team on NBA league. It's, it's I don't know what they're doing from a rotation standpoint. They don't really have any playmakers like, with Tyus Jones and jaw out like Marcus smart doesn't seem like a he's not a primary playmaker right. so what do you do yeah I don't know Lose. I had them in the play and I'm feeling a uh, pretty good six games and three and a half quarters in it's uh, currently a tie game against the Blazers in the fourth quarter heck yeah uh, we want to talk about Philly or the Pelicans next I like Philly no Harden Maxie's finally getting the opportunity to shine uh, playing really, really well for this team. At the same time, I do worry a little bit about some of their like overall depth. Um, they're still not on caliber with the top teams in the East. So this may be a little bit of a cop-out. Like, Are they better without Harden? Yeah, because Harden was going to raise the stink and he wasn't going to play. At the same time, are they better without like a fully engaged, healthy Harden? Probably not. And I think they're going to have to make another move to get up there with the Bucks, who have really struggled. They've been awful. I get it. The Bucks will be fine. Um, the Celtics have been fantastic. The those Celtics are fantastic. So yeah. I think they're going to have to make a move to get up there with those two teams. Hey, shout out to Tsunami Poppy. Dude is killing it yeah. out there in, in Philly right That's now. a good point. Kelly Oubre, Thunder legend. Currently averaging Stop. 21 points on 54, <laughs> 45, 86 splits. Four rebounds, 0.4 assists. I love it. Get your shots, my guy. But Embiid and Maxi have just been really good. incredible. 
I just want to see Maury exist in a post-hardened world and what that will look like. Because yeah. he has a portrait of him in his... Yeah, that whatever. was weird. I think Nicholas Batum's going to fit in really well with them as well. He will. Like, I don't know about they the other pieces, pieces they got in that. Covington. In that, yeah. uh, Covington, like, Covington could Morris, be good. right? Is yeah, I don't one? know how much Morris plays. Um, what do you guys then, think about... Uh, Corkmaz trying to get out of Philly for like it's like his yeah. nine years straight. Third trade request. Can I please be included in this Harden trade, please? And both teams no, said nobody no. wants you. Do you think they just ignore him when he says the, that? The, why the don't Instagram, they just cut him? It's and not the Instagram pay. meme. Who want me? No. <laughs> yeah, they they won't even cut him. They cut um. Uh, oh, why am I forgetting the guy's name? Spurs guy for a long time came up to the G League, North Carolina kid, Danny Green. They cut Danny Green. Oh, oh and, yeah, and cut freaking Cork Moss. Yeah, freaking Cork Moss. Cork Moss. The Pelicans. Brandon mm-hmm. Ingram knee tendonitis. CJ's got a collapsed lung again. Um, I don't know what the injuries to Trey Murphy and GTA Grand Theft Auto. I hate you, Silva. <laughs> what do you mean? That's his nickname. Uh, it is. We are. At, at Z- I mean, Zion's been great so far. Zion's been great. He's on pace uh, to get I'm, hurt I'm, as soon I'm, as the other I'm guys wait, are healthy. Waiting for the injury. I hope it doesn't happen. <laughs> but history tells me he goes down in about five more games and misses right. ten. Just like Anthony Davis, they're like mm-hmm. on the the similar trajectory. Yep. You guys worried about the Pelicans at all? Hey, CJ looked incredible in Oklahoma City. Zion looked incredible in Oklahoma City. Yep. Yeah, I, I'm worried. It, yeah, injuries are tough, man, for, for any team. But if I'm a Pelicans fan, that injury to, to B.I. and CJ makes me very nervous because of exactly what you said, Jacob. Like, you're just conditioned to think a Zion something is going to happen. At some point in the season, like I, I don't know that he's built for the durability of an 82 game season. So when that like when does that happen? And does it happen soon when these other two guys are already out? And do those other two guys scary. being out put more stress and more minutes on him, which just raises yeah, the right. likelihood of an injury. Yep, exactly. Scary. And I worry about the depth there to an extent, although Pelicans fans would argue that when like, you know, all of your, three of your potential starting five are injured that'll happen um but jordan hawkins obviously still needs some time to come along um daniels hasn't really been what we kind of hoped he would be coming into the league so yeah he's still got a little ways i i gotta be 100 percent honest with you guys i didn't know matt ryan existed until he was on the court in oklahoma city <laughs> i thought they really a former nfl Falcons quarterback, quarterback? Yeah, bro. There's been so many memes and jokes about Matt Ryan in the NBA for like the past. I am shocked that you haven't heard those (laughs) or seen those. Maybe I've just ignored it because he just, I don't know. Let me look up a pic. Silva, can you pull up a picture of Matt Ryan real quick? He looks like what you think. You look like Austin. What does that mean, Nick? Yeah, what does that mean, Nick? It's tall, lanky, and white. Looks like a white man. He looks like Matt Ryan. Correct. Um, let's see. Got two first names. That's, that's that's why that's why the memes and stuff were like perfect because it was like that could be Matt Ryan in the basketball uniform. We'll never know. He might actually make well, a great NFL quarterback. Which one is it? <laughs> which <laughs> wait a minute? That's the football. This is one. Amazing. Okay, those are all the football ones. Keep no, the bottom right. 
Yeah. There he is. There oh, go. my goodness. He looks like Doug McDermott. What's the difference? <laughs> this is Austin Reeves. He looks like uh, I'm going to go into work tomorrow and walk into the accounting Reeves. office, and he's going to be in there. Yes. Just like Matt Ryan. He probably he's a football is a player. LinkedIn. Oh, you learn something new every day. He looks like he's going to be at the courthouse, like filing divorces tomorrow. <laughs> oh, God, that's my guy, Matt Ryan. How many minutes does he get for them? Like, is he uh, like a real guy? Guess, he, guess, he's playing really well. Most, guess his best attribute: shooting. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he's a great three-point shooter. He's been playing is he really a well. Sneaky athlete. <laughs> <laughs> sneaky athlete. Sneaky <laughs> athlete. Does all the little things in practice. All right. I think that's all for us for tonight. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to the podcast. What time is it? We really appreciate you. (laughs) (laughs) We will be back tomorrow. Uh, Specifically, who who is on tomorrow? Taylor. TP. Taylor has the podcast tomorrow. Uh, We will all be, well, most of us will be back on Wednesday after the Thunder take on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Friday night, the Thunder take on the Kings. I don't know who has that post game, but somebody will be here. And then Sunday, after they take on the Phoenix Suns, we will all be back here again, hanging out, talking basketball. Really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Uncontested. If this is your first time or you haven't already, go drop that five-star rating. Write a nice little comment on the podcast. Sub to the YouTube channel. We're also on all social media, so come hang out with us. We will talk to you all again about 23 hours after the Thunder beat the Atlanta Hawks tomorrow night. Put it in stone, except for Justin, because he's a hater. (laughs) Until then, as always, Thunder up!